Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the Rain City Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler, and today we have with us Becca and Steve. Want to say hi? Hello. Hi. And so today we're talking about some very heavy, meaty topics. We got... Um, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm scared. Uh, a little bit of conversation around recent uh, kind of transgender news, um, the Uganda gay bill, anti-gay bill. Um, we're also talking about the TikTok congressional hearing, as well as mm. the recent developments mm. in AI regulation and development. So, yeah, very heavy topics today. Um, but uh, with that, I'll give it, hand it off to Becca to kick us off. Okay, I guess, yeah, honestly, mostly I have just questions, I guess, or things that we could discuss about, I guess, surrounding <coughs> transgenderism, mostly on, like... Um, like how do we like views on that from the Bible and also how do we go about like friends who are like part of the LGBTQ community stuff like that so that's kind of what I want to get into today well, well first whoa, do you want to whoa. give a summary of that's like a... sort of recent events that have brought us to this topic well yeah, yeah so we've seen like um how competitions they've opened it up to people who are transgender, right? Like in powerlifting and swimming. Um, I don't know, you can go more into that. Yeah, so essentially what happened in recent months was uh, there was a male comp- a competitor who was, um, I guess, semi-professional, professional swimmer, and he lost either in like the butterfly or one of the... <laughs> I don't know too much about swimming, but... He came, I think, top mm. three in the men's category, and then he decided to become a woman and mm-hmm. compete in the women's category, and you know, basically dominated uh, yeah. and won the medal. So, you know, obviously the women who were competing previously were not happy about that situation, and they felt like they couldn't they couldn't do anything. Um, mm-hmm. And so, there's that, as well as uh, in Canadian powerlifting community, they've made a a new regulation or rule where like anyone can compete in any category essentially but this i guess really only applies to women Mm. um because i think if women you know go upwards and compete with men then it's not always um Mm -hmm. necessarily advantageous and so uh yeah so to prove a point a male power lifter that one uh you know broke a bunch of records then competed in the women's category because yeah, nobody I saw stopped that him. You, I saw that YouTube video. And uh, he then now sets the record <coughs> for both men and women based off of those When Sonia saw that, she was like, that is so wrong. But then I said, oh, no, he's he's actually making a point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Making a point that he just uh, like labeled himself a woman. Mm-hmm. And then can, uh, Canadian wi- uh, Weightlifting Federation that this, it's in their policy it's just mm. whatever the people think whatever belief whatever belief they have about their gender mm-hmm. then they can just go in there and say I'm a woman and power lift <laughs> so he's just making a kind of trying to make a mockery out of it uh, mm-hmm. the whole system it's a big heavy topic guys what do you guys think <laughs> Yeah, so back back to your questions, Becca. Well, I guess my main one is just like, yeah, like how do we, not like approach, but like support friends who are in the LGBTQ community. 
silence. <laughs> well, I think I don't know. What do you, how do you support them? I want to know instead of like me being the answer man. Like I'm, I'm still their friend. Of course. Like nothing really changes in the way I inter- I interact with them or anything like that. Yeah. But it's like, what if it's like wanting to bring them to church, yeah. and then like knowing that, like the church doesn't necessarily view. View what? View them know. as equal. And we're all um, we're, we're all loved under God's eyes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I think the way that I approach it is that you know you kind of you just treat them the same as everybody else. Like it's not it's not really any different. Although, I think just as a Christian, there's some negative connotations in the views of that community, and so mm. there's a lot of assumptions and miscommunication that happens because you know like if you're if you for example invite an lgbtq uh, plus Mm. uh, community member Mm. to the church Mm. you know in in their minds are like oh are you trying to say that my way of life is wrong or like you're judging me and it it maybe like you know some people might like actually feel that way but other people are just like oh no like i just want you to come to church and like hang out and like hear about yeah so i think do you guys think it's wrong? That's the question. Well, I, I mean, I guess it clearly says in the Bible that, you know, <laughs> it. Uh, I guess at least in the context of marriage, it should be between a man and a woman. But um, what about what about you, Becca? Um, it's a hard topic. But yeah, it is what, really tough. What are you gonna, are you gonna say? Because it's, you're like asking them to come to church, but then. What are you saying? What do you want them to come to do? What to hang out? They can hang out apart from church, mm-hmm. but you want them to meet God, right? Mm-hmm, like just to experience the love of mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah. So, what what are you trying to? Like you're not asking them to change. Well, we're, whenever we ask anybody to come to church, we're asking them to change. No, no, no. Not really. <laughs> We're all tr- being transformed. Everybody is transformed mm-hmm. into the perfection of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So we're all changing. It's true. You can't, nobody stays the same. Mm-hmm. You have to be convicted of something mm-hmm. that you're falling short of. Mm-hmm. So church is a transformational platform. Mm-hmm. And to not, to not want to change is to is to diminish the work of Jesus on the cross and the church, the mechanism of the church mm-hmm. and the means of grace. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's like salvation comes for forgiveness and recognition of the lordship of Jesus. And then from that lordship, you try, you, by the empowerment of spirit, empowerment of the spirit, you are transformed. Mm-hmm. Being nice is not the same as being kind. Mm. I think one of the hard parts that I've heard from like one of my friends who is in the LGBT community is that they I think there's like just a lot of like almost shame Mm. in in kind of coinciding or colliding those two sort of Mm. concepts right or like you know I can't be you know gay and go to church like Mm. and I don't think I think this is actually misunderstood by a lot Mm. of christians as well as like Mm. yeah god does love everyone and he welcomes them to the church albeit you know he 
he does say that you know it's not necessarily what he designed us to be but Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean he won't love you and accept you but i think there's just a lot of yeah like misinformed ideology that's spreading that's what what misinformed ideology or okay uh more so just like i guess a lot of christians have judgment what kind of judgment what are we judging what are we talking about judgment okay because like all sin is equal right um no are there levels levels to sin oh yeah okay so that's that brings it up all all sin is rooted every all sin is equal in the sense that it's rooted in the same place Mm. Uh, because we're we are um living our lives independent of god's purpose and will Mm. it's our it's our rooted in our rebellion to lead our own lives That could be collective, like the Tower of Babel, mm-hmm. or it could be individual. Mm-hmm. But it's all rooted in the same kind of but uh, there are root of the root is independence. Okay. But the but how it affects people, like murder, is not the same as lying. Lying. Oh, really? Because people because say that all the time. Okay, actually, that, it's, it's that's not like because you killed somebody. Yeah. You caused harm to somebody, but let's just say, um, like. Greed is the precursor to stealing. Mm. They're not the same, but it leads to stealing. Like anger is the precursor to murder. Mm. But it doesn't mean that you're going to murder somebody. Just because you're angry. Yeah, but it's rooted in the same source. Mm -hmm. But it could lead to greater harm to somebody else. So that's why... Um, the first com- five command, ten commandments, right? The first five is to love God. Mm-hmm. The th- second five is to love neighbor. Mm-hmm. So, like not murdering, not stealing, mm-hmm. those kinds of things. It's because it's, it's, it doesn't encompass everything that we're not supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But it does encompass, like the gravity of sin, as it affects other people. Mm-hmm. Affects our society and affects people's like well-being mm. and their freedoms so like when hitler is not the same as a just a regular guy mm. okay so i i like deceived a few people and stole their money i'm not the same as hitler mm-hmm. but the root of that where it came from is the same mm-hmm. i have the same disease as him mm-hmm. so it's like it's like but he caused so much more harm. So mm-hmm. the effect of sin is greater. Mm. So you can't judge all sin the same. You can't just arbitrarily say, oh, all sin is the same. Mm. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't work that way. Mm. Okay, so then if all sin is not equal, which is a little bit mind-blowing for me because uh, that's <laughs> what I've kind of grew up on. Um, that's what people tell you so that they can minimize the guilt and shame okay so this is what i'm talking about misinformed ideology because i'm misinformed then so <laughs> can you just like un- unpack that steve because you know there's like you want me to brainwash yeah, you from the church church doctrines like there's like like good thoughts are not god thoughts mm, that's a good one <laughs> but yeah there's a really popular book that I, I remember coming across where there's like a cartel leader like mm. trapped in a prison in mexico mm. and then he gets transferred to like yeah he's scheduled to be transferred to another prison and Mm. each prison is run by its own cartel Mm. and so 
he knows that being transferred means he's gonna die mm. and so he uh, asks a priest to come in and he's like i want to be saved by god mm-hmm but you do know, like, you know, cartel leaders do probably some of the most heinous things in the world. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, if all sin is not equal, can you, like, unpack that and, like, still being saved well, by God? It, God, it was so God forgives all sin, whether it's, mm-hmm. like, Hitler, I believe, is a reprobate. What does that mean? Yeah. So, somebody who is unrepentant and, mm. uh, and probably is in hell mm. most likely mm. i would say 100 percent. okay and he was fully controlled by the enemy to do harm in the world mm. and cause revic like havoc right. yeah and so there are the bible does talk about people who are uh paul talks about it mm-hmm. and cannot be reformed it's and we, in psychology, we call those people like sociopaths, mm, mm-hmm. you know, like serial killers and murderers. Like, um, and even if they repent, we're not sure if they're sincere. Mm-hmm. So there are there are categories like even psychology, we, we we categorize people. There there are people who are mentally not stable, mm-hmm. and they're sociopathic, but most people are not. Mm-hmm. So in terms of forgiveness, God doesn't like measure our gravity of sin or effect of sin and then and then forgives us based on that he forgives us based on jesus christ Mm -hmm. so jesus died on the cross for all sin Mm -hmm. whether it's like you cause hurt murder like even the most hardened criminal can be saved Mm -hmm. i believe that Mm -hmm. because that's the mind-blowing power and effect of jesus Mm -hmm. on the cross Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that <coughs> that the effects of sin is that like there's sin that causes greater harm and damage to people. Mm-hmm. So it it that the more we minimize it, the more you lessen the conviction. Mm-hmm. So people have to recognize what they did for them to come to that recognition and repentance. Like uh, it, you gotta. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Does it make sense? Uh, a little bit. So more so just like because you affect more people, you should be more yeah, repentant or reflective. Well, it, it, it doesn't. But also it, you cannot like reverse impact on other you, people. You cannot make sin something. Like so the word root, root, for, root word for sin is missing the mark, like in Greek. There's other words for it, but the essential word is like there's a bullseye and you miss the mark of the bullseye Mm. so you could be way off or close to the bullseye but still off no one like no one is righteous everyone sins so people take that and go we're all the same we're not the same we're all the same in terms of right we're sons and daughters of god like potentially but um but how you sin comes from the same place it's rooted in our sinful nature you know, like read Romans. Mm-hmm. We're all fall short. Mm-hmm. But the effect of sin, the effect of what you do, mm-hmm. um, some things are more damaging. And so that is, it's more grievous mm-hmm. to our community. So you gotta, you gotta measure that. Doesn't mean that God won't forgive you. Mm-hmm. It means that for 
for me, I think true repentance will come from the recognition of that. It's not so individualistic. Mm-hmm. It's also communal-based. Like, how am I affecting my community? Mm-hmm. For example, like um, Paul talks about excommunicating people from the church. Mm-hmm. Right? And, con- and he talks about that in Corinthians. He actually had to do that. Mm-hmm. The reason he did that is because the person who, who's sinning would kept on sinning. Mm-hmm. And was causing harm to the community. And people would say, well, he's just like immoral himself. It was causing harm to the community because if Paul let that person, like, by because his mercy or kind, like he was trying to be nice or like not to offend, mm-hmm. that person, you are like you allowing that person to keep on sinning. Mm-hmm sends a message to the whole church mm-hmm. that this might be okay mm-hmm. and it causes harm to the church. Mm-hmm. So that's why you have to excommunicate that mm-hmm. person from the community to let people recognize the grievous nature of that sin act. And so so it's not it's not really like God's unwilling to forgive because it's too big. Oh, he's not up there going, "Oh, so big. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh." No, he's willing to forgive, but there has to be true repentance. Mm-hmm. And our our line in the sand is repentance. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter if it's like homosexuality or mm-hmm. anything. It's like your unwillingness to repent. Mm-hmm. It could be the same thing as like for example, gossip. Gossip, slandering in Proverbs said it's an abomination to God. Mm. Did you guys know that? Mm-hmm. No, it's one of the things he hates. Oh wow! But people gossip all the time. Yeah, they they gossip and they like slander people at church, but they do it like objectively. I'm just bringing up a point. Mm -hmm. I want to feel safe, validate my points. Um, if I'm nice, I'll be like, okay, fine, you're not hurting anybody. (laughs) But I'm kind. Mm -hmm. Kindness leads to repentance. Mm -hmm. That means I'll speak truth to you until you repent. Mm -hmm. I'll show you abomination to God. You can't gossip. You can't talk about people when they're not there. Mm-hmm. It, it's an abomination, but people, we just make light of it. For me, I'm like, okay, you have an inkling to gossip, but then if you keep doing that after I told you, you're causing reparable damage to the church, mm-hmm. and I'll ask you to leave. Mm-hmm. So that's not, that's not nice. I'm kind. Mm-hmm. I'm kind to you and the church. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you that I'm highlighting the grievous nature of what you're doing mm-hmm. because it's affecting the whole body. Mm-hmm. So that's why people don't think that I'm like a pastor type <laughs> because I'm pretty intense. But I'm just trying to follow the Bible. Mm-hmm. So I think that's... I, I, I'm just trying to differentiate the two, like just be more nuanced in mm-hmm. what you're saying. Don't Don't throw out these like popular religious ideas or thoughts and try to it's on two it's two extremes right it's Mm -hmm. like you know there's staunch like protesters out there protesting like gay like you know you know what i mean those guys (laughs) (laughs) god hates gays and stuff like that that's so dumb and then Mm -hmm. you got all the other you got the other spectrum it's like god god accepts all gays i'm like Where's the nuance mm-hmm. <laughs> points? Mm-hmm. Like, people are not stupid. Mm-hmm. If you come to church, you understand the Bible says certain things. Mm-hmm. The Bible 
is very clear on certain things, but there's a nuanced kind of approach to these things that we need to be more uh, versed in. So when you throw out things like, oh yeah, all sin is the same, it's fine. It's just that, um, hello, <laughs> where, where does it say that? Like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, so um, that's, I guess that's point number one. I'm just saying, and I'm not talking about the LGBT community at all. Uh, and, and when I'm talking about the grievous nature of sin, I don't know. Like, how do I measure? Mm-hmm. But I measure, it's not about, It's not just about that. I measure all, every sin that's missing mm-hmm. the mark. Like, how mm-hmm. is it affecting me? Mm-hmm. How is it affecting society? Mm-hmm. How is it affecting, like, that's why leaders are more accountable. Mm-hmm. Right? The Bible talks mm-hmm. about pastors and leaders. They're like, judge way more harshly by God. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they have a responsibility to the body. Mm-hmm. And what I say affects the body. Mm-hmm. So God says, you're more accountable. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I'm, I have grace and I can repent and correct myself, but if I, uh, if through my insolence and independence, mm-hmm. nature and my pride, I can just keep doing whatever. I'm like having affairs mm-hmm. and I'm like preaching the gospel mm-hmm. and then I crumble and I affected a whole bunch of people um, yeah uh, there's going to be consequences mm-hmm. for that so I guess if I were to summarize it you know God forgives all and he still loves you but sin is not equal and so if we were to I guess compartmentalize it it's there's sin that affects you and only you there's sin that affects others and then there's sin that you do but then because you're a leader, you also affect others through doing it. Yeah, so let's think about, people ask me all the time, young people, young men especially, like, why is porn so bad? Mm-hmm. Right, they ask me that all the time. Mm-hmm. They're like, why is it porn? It's just my gratification. Mm-hmm. One of my students said that. Mm-hmm. Well, he's not a Christian, but Christians say that to me all the time too. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it's just my pleasure. Like, I don't have a wife, so I'm mm-hmm. going gonna, gonna, to like, for lack of a better word, like, I'm going to have pleasure because mm-hmm. I'm, a hum- I'm an animal. I'm like, I have animalistic <laughs> instincts. First of all, you're not an animal. You're a human being with mm-hmm. self-control. Mm-hmm. Um, I always say, your sin is not in isolation. You're harming people. You say, how am I harming people? Well, the people that you're watching on the screen, some of them are sexually trafficked. Mm. And if you, if all the people in the world stop watching porn, those people will not be trafficked, mm-hmm. or it'll be less. Mm-hmm. You're like propagating a system. Mm-hmm. So I would say your harm, you have more accountability to that. Mm-hmm. Like what you're doing is not in isolation by yourself. You are, you're create, you're supporting a system that's like dehumanizing women mm-hmm. and children. Mm-hmm. Now. That's a more grievous sin. Mm. That's why. Like, so it's not just about this one issue. It's about like you're thinking about what you're doing and how it affects society. Mm-hmm. And if you understand that, then it brings you to repentance. Mm-hmm. Like truth, God is kind and he will reveal truth to you. Mm-hmm. And truth always brings you to repentance, like conviction, like holy crap. Mm-hmm. I perpetuated something that I don't want. I don't want my daughters and my future granddaughters to go through the system mm-hmm. and objectifying. Mm-hmm. 
female bodies. And mm-hmm. I don't want to be. Yeah, there's billions of people, but I choose not to mm-hmm. because I don't want to be accountable to God for that. Mm-hmm. And it brings greater conviction. But if you think it's just me, mm-hmm. sorry, God. <laughs> I'm sorry, I felt again, it's me, it's my flesh. You'll keep doing it. But when you understand the grievous nature of it, mm-hmm. oh, shoot. It's like when you understand, you go mm-hmm. outside and you start punching people in the face. Mm-hmm. You come back home, you're more convicted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. But if you think punching people, it's like, oh, it's no big deal, it's just me, it's my anger issues, mm-hmm. then you're not as convicted. Mm-hmm. So you have to think about it in the, in the greater context. Before you start to say all sin is equal. Okay, so while while we're sort of tangentially on this topic, we'll just do the one two punch. So what? <laughs> <laughs> what, uh, what? One two punch. What does? Uh, I'm always curious about this, but I guess like the topic around like sex before marriage, because if for example, single guys watch a lot of porn, right? Mm-hmm. So the next alternative is you know find a girlfriend and like you know. Find a girlfriend so you can have sex with her. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I guess that's like the natural secular progression. So, like, or I, I guess even like Christian guys. So, like, what is? Can you unpack that a little bit? Um, I'm not sure if I understand your question, but what, what do you more think so? You, like, what? It, what guess, do you think he's what, asking? What does God, God say? What does God say about sex before <coughs> marriage? Is what Ty is uh, asking. I think. Well. When you have sex with somebody, it's not an it's not a physical act. Only. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's it's a spiritual connection with mm. that person. Mm. So for example, if you have sex with somebody and then you marry somebody else, you're forever connected to the person you had sex with. Sorry, say that one more time. I'm so a little slow this morning. <laughs> so if you let's say you had you were at a party, you're not a Christian or something, and you were like Sleeping around, mm-hmm. and then you have, and then you get married, like oh you repented and you married a nice mm-hmm. Christian girl, mm-hmm. like Becca, mm-hmm. and every time you go to your marriage bed, you bring all those people with you. Damn, it's a party. You know? <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> not that, not in a good way. Not in a good way. It's not an orgy, buddy. <laughs> Becca's laughing so hard she can't control herself. Oh boy! It's no. like, a, like you form a spiritual connection with them. Yeah, person. you become one flesh, mm-hmm. one spirit. Paul mm-hmm. says, and so, and also in Genesis, it's that you become one, one flesh. Mm-hmm. You become a union, mm-hmm. and so that's what Genesis also talks about. Becoming one flesh is like a physical combi- coming together, mm-hmm. and you become one. Mm-hmm. So when you when you do that with somebody before marriage, um, you becoming one with somebody that God God has not ordained for you, mm. and it's really hard to undo that. Mm-hmm. You're for, you're forever bringing that person into your mm-hmm. life, and you'll remember. Mm-hmm. So God can redeem that and mm-hmm. He restore that, but it'll take work. Mm. So why why do that? Mm-hmm. is my question because you have no self-control we're not animals mm-hmm. we're human beings with self-control God has given us a spirit of self-control mm-hmm. and you can abstain for a greater vision we only abstain 
when we have a greater hope of something. Mm -hmm. You want your marriage bed to be pure and uh, sanctified. Mm -hmm. You want the first experience that you have is with your wife. Mm -hmm. That that's the only memory you have. This is it. This is all I know. Mm -hmm. That's the ideal. Mm -hmm. So, um, also, before you get married, there's lack of commitment. True love cannot be exercised without commitment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, unless you put a ring on it and you're standing in front of witnesses and you say, I will love you forever, there's like insecurities there. Mm -hmm. Like, so woman will give sex for love. Mm. Men give love for sex. <laughs> I, I, like I read that. I saw that somewhere recently, actually. Oh, I feel really? like there's a powerful quote. Say that one more time. Steve. So, women give sex for love because they're really like longing to be loved. Mm. Now, that's not true, uh, but I found that to be generally true. They want to be loved, they want to have a boyfriend, they want to feel taken care of, right? Um, but men gives men give love because they know what that's what women want, so they can have sex. Mm. That's what I found to be true. Mm. So you're like missing it. <laughs> mm -hmm. You're kind of both deceiving each other, mm. and so because there's a lack of commitment there on the men's part. Men are like, I don't want to commit, but I want sex. Mm -hmm. Women are like, I want him to commit, so I'll give sex. Mm. That's and wow. that's why there's like when you break up, there's insecurities there. So you're kind of leveraging. There's a power di dynamic. Mm. It's a power differential. Mm. You're leveraging, and so when you do that, it's unethical. Whenever you are in a position of power to give something, and the other you know that the other person wants it, and you give it to them, you're manipulating each other. Mm. You're both manipulating each other. Mm. Manipulation is not love. Mm. So, mm. you can only do that when you abstain. You you show commitment, and then you put a ring on it. You mm. stand. If you spend a whole bunch of money, get married. You don't have to spend a lot of money to get married. <laughs> get married somewhere, and you you sign sign the dotted paper, and you're showing that person like through thick or thin, good times and bad, mm -hmm. sickness and health. I'm with you. Mm. That allows the person to open up. Like, I surrender to you completely. Like, I trust you. Mm. So no longer I'm giving you sex for love. I'm making love. Wow. And love and love making is different from sex. Mm. Because it's two, spirit, two beings completely devoted to one another. Mm. Coming in communion. And it's not physical act. It's just the manifestation of their love. Mm. Where you can't have that before marriage. Because true love only comes from commitment. Wow. You should write a book, Steve. No, it's all written somewhere. <laughs> that's, um, that's not my green. <laughs> that's not my driver, writing. Writing books. No. I, I hope that I understand. I don't know where, why we get onto that topic, but hey, brought up some good thoughts. Yes. <laughs> I think something else that came to mind was like how God, like on the, on the note of like favor, like how s some people have more favor. <laughs> We're like going all over the place. I, I know. <laughs> uh, some people have more favor. Like, why do some people have more favor? And like, um, how God is just. Mm. 
well, you get a really, th- like equity is not the same thing as equality. Mm-hmm. So I think if you want to be a communist, everyone gets the same, same piece of the pie. But the Bible is very clear. We, we all get the same piece of the pie for certain things like going to heaven. Mm-hmm. That's why the guy who came at the last hour in the parable of the worker, he came at the last hour, he still got the same prize. That's, that's grace. Mm-hmm. You get to go to heaven. Mm-hmm. But then the people with the one talent, like there's another parable, it's very similar. One talent, he buries the talent, he doesn't get anything. He mm-hmm. even takes the talent, gives to somebody who's going to do something with it. So there's there is like this system of uh, reward. Mm. Mm. So the, there is reward, and there's something that ex- is awaiting us in heaven. Mm. By and we are measured by what we do on here on earth. Mm. Like going to heaven is the first step of your. Uh, it's reward that God. Mm-hmm. It's it's mm-hmm. not reward. It's the reward of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. That's like level level one. Yeah, but it's not our reward. It's the reward of Jesus. He won that for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a gift, but how we how we're going to experience that in heaven like god has mansions and many mansions there's rewards waiting for you mm-hmm. there's accolades mm-hmm. like um i work for that mm-hmm. i live for that i live for my reward in heaven and my greatest reward is jesus saying god saying to me well done mm-hmm. you used all your talents mm-hmm. so when i'm used it's not favor like god is not showing favoritism mm-hmm. He's showering resources upon you because you're willing to use your talents. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what favor means. And he'll open doors for you mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you're willing to use your talents. Mm-hmm. If you're not going to w- use your talents, why should he even show you? Like, what's the point? Mm-hmm. He'll be wasting it mm-hmm. on you. Mm-hmm. So it's not about like favoritism. Favor is greater responsibility, greater access to resources, greater access to people because you want to do something. Mm-hmm. You want to maximize your life. That's why you get you attract that. Um, rather than now, I get a lot of favor. Like I get a lot of favor. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason I get favor is not because I'm more special. It's because I know that I know that the Lord trusts me. He knows that I'm willing to use that and maximize it. Mm-hmm. He, he knows that I'm going to use it, and it's going to be a good investment on him. Mm-hmm. So I guess a big question for me is people being able to separate sort of somebody's talents from, I guess, the way that they live their lives. So like if we look at King David as an example, right? Mm -hmm. You know, he slays Goliath, he becomes a king, and then he does some not so nice things, right? He King uh, David? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He like sleeps with his soldier's wife or something like that. Um, Uriah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he kills him. Bathsheba. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so God has a lot of favor on King David, but then mm-hmm. he's also done some Well, he bad suffered. Things. Well, then he had favor. Mm-hmm. And then he got complacent. So you know why he did that? When yeah. David was going to war and fighting, mm-hmm. and he had a lot of favor. Mm-hmm. And he was like reestablishing Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And he was... He was God's man, mm-hmm. like he was advancing God's kingdom. Mm-hmm. But the moment he got satisfied in his achievements, he was on the rooftop when other people, the Bible says, when other people went to war, he sat on the rooftop. Mm-hmm. 
And that's how he got to see, he got tempted because he saw Bathsheba on the rooftop. Mm. So when he wasn't working for God, he got distracted. And then, and then he got tempted by things that, and got sidetracked. When you're, when you're on track and you're busy with God's kingdom work, mm -hmm. you don't have time for temptation. Mm. And then that's how he fell. Now, God redeemed that because through Bathsheba, Solomon came and who built the temple. But there was a consequence to it. Mm -hmm. Like David was forbidden from building the temple. Mm. That was his dream. He couldn't build it. His son had to build it. But God's so kind, he is so merciful that he, he used a child of his sinful act to build a temple. Because mm. God is a God of redemption. Wow. Right? But it all took repentance. There's some things that David couldn't do, mm -hmm. couldn't undo. Couldn't undo it. He's just, this is what it is. So, is okay. He suffered consequences. Second consequence he suffered was that uh, later on in his life, he had his own children rebel. Mm -hmm. Right? So, and take over, try to take his kingdom from him. Mm -hmm. So, I believe those are all consequences of his sinful action. And he was very accountable for that. But God loved David. Mm -hmm. He repented. Mm -hmm. But there were consequences that he could not undo. But those are consequences on earth. What does that mean? Like, in heaven? in heaven, yeah. Because it, technically, you know, he's done stuff that nobody would ever do on earth. But yeah, at I the think, same time, I think it. You know, I, for me, this is I can't really prove it, but I don't believe that he takes away the things that you've accomplished. And God, like, yeah, that's that's what I was trying to get at. Yeah. Like the things that you've done versus you know. So he's he's not like okay, you done oh now you messed up. I'm gonna like take a, take something away. Mm -hmm. I think he just. I think you plateau. Mm. I think you just stop. And then that's that's it for you. Oh. And then God in his mercy takes you out. Oh. And it's time for you to go. Oh. So a lot of Christian leaders are like that. Uh, I've noticed that a lot of Christian leaders, sometimes they're just like suddenly taken away to heaven. Wow. Oh. And uh, capped out. It's not that they capped out. But it was their time, mm. I guess. But I noticed that some leaders, I'm not going to mention who, they plateaued in their spiritual vigor, but they had so much influence that 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 lack of vigor can influence the whole denomination. Wow. Wow. So I think it's God in his mercy would take him out before he does or wow. she does something stupid. Wow. <laughs> I God can't. is blowing my mind. What? God is blowing my mind right now. <laughs> wow. I didn't think we we're going to get into these deep topics. <laughs> I was like interested in the transgender <laughs> issue. <laughs> I would, I would say, uh, just to go back on that issue, I would say, um, it's like, for me, it's like um, you have to think more deeply about these issues. There's nuanced opinions. Mm -hmm. um, there's also in the gay community, um, if you read The Madness of Crowds by Andrew Murray, he's gay. He's, he's married to a man, but he talks about the madness of all the, um, the political wing of the LGBTQ community. Mm. And... I think I recommend people read that. Andrew Murray, Madness of Crowds. Mm -hmm. And he talks about like, it's controversial, but he, he talks about like there is no gay gene. Oh, really? No. He talks about that and he goes in detail about that. Um, 
Yeah, this is the first time I read some. I've read some Christian people write about that, but he writes about that, and he's in the gay community. Mm-hmm. But I would say this though, um, it's it's on a spectrum. Mm. And there's people on all all kinds of spectrum. Mm-hmm. So there's some people that they have some they have some dispositions, mm-hmm. and um, and they also have environmental upbringing. It's mm-hmm. just like what you learned in mm-hmm. school, nature mm-hmm. and nurture. Mm-hmm. It's it's a combination of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and many like life events and experiences, mm-hmm. and and also personality dispositions mm-hmm. that you get a factor in all those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for some people, I would I wouldn't say like all, but like a gay community is not the majority. It's like a minor. And but within that gay community, there's like people who are um, so highly dispos- disposed that it's it's like they have no choice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we have to consider that, but doesn't mean that. We have to think that think of that as like, how do we deal with that, mm-hmm. and yet not minimize God's word, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so that that takes some more thinking. It it doesn't. It's not just a simple answer. Answer like, <laughs> what what can we do? Mm-hmm. Right. But mm-hmm. um. But I think there's other people on a different spectrum that, um, you can deal with, or, or kind of like address differently. Mm-hmm. And um. So there's people like Beckett Cook. Um. I, I found this guy on the on YouTube. Yeah, um, his name is Beckett Cook. He has like a huge following, but uh, has hundred three thousand, twenty three thousand followers. So he ha- interviews a lot of people who are, who used to be in the LBGTQ community and mm-hmm. got converted. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. And he he actually was full on like. I think on the when I talked about like on the one end of the spectrum, mm-hmm. like he was like in Hollywood, just completely. I think he had a husband. I, I'm not quite sure his biography, but mm-hmm. then he went to some. He he was trying to like challenge some kids in a coffee shop because they were reading the Bible, and then these kids knew so much about the Bible, and just just they weren't. They were, it's not about being nice because nice is accommodating, validating. Mm-hmm. But he they were like. Gentle, mm-hmm. but yet kind. Kindness means you just speak truth when somebody mm-hmm. asked you, and they mm-hmm. spoke truth. And then they, he was so kind of taken aback by their sincerity, and then also their knowledge of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so he went to their church. <laughs> wow! And he liked the music. And then when the guy preached on Romans, and he was talking about, like he wasn't sugarcoating anything. And then he said the Holy Spirit fell on him, and he completely repented of his life and then he went to Bible college by Allah and then now he's a Christian minister propagating the idea that God's powerful enough to bring restoration wow so we we like it's also not correct to think that people can be I know it's not politically correct but there's people out there that there's another woman who used to be a Syracuse University professor that had a that had a wife She's in the liberal, liberal arts, uh, women's liberation movement. Right, used to write articles for the New York Times, and used to hate Christians mm-hmm. because of they're against you know her lifestyle. But there was a pastor beside her. Uh, I think there was a pastor that lived beside her mm-hmm. that just slowly just won her over. Wow. With just, with just and then so she got interested and started studying the Bible like incognito mm. and after years and years 
she was more of a gradual conversion. Mm-hmm. So she actually converted, broke up with her wife, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then married that pastor guy. And now wow. she also is a pastor's wife. Wow. Propagating. So I'm, I'm, it's out there. I'm not saying everyone. I'm just saying. And I don't really know their stories mm-hmm. fully. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. what what everything is. But it's, it's on YouTube. Like, mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to say, I'm not trying to bring like shame there's no shame in god's kingdom Mm -hmm. i'm just trying to bring like truth and like whenever i bring truth to our congregation um, people can go into shame Mm -hmm. or conviction Mm -hmm. and conviction comes from your surrender to truth shame comes from um you you resisting that Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you're trying to validate yourself validate your truth so i just wanted to address that but i i I don't i know it's controversial i I just like to think of things more nuanced more Mm -hmm. and yet at the same time i want to be faithful to my faith Mm -hmm. and yet Mm -hmm. um i don't want to be just nice Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i want to be kind kindness brings repentance Mm -hmm. but i don't want to be a jackass either Mm -hmm. on the street telling people you're going to hell the stupidest thing you can do. Yeah. I think it's 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 what the Bible calls uh, zeal without wisdom. Mm. And um, I mean, I I know people who who came out came out to my wife and I. And the first thing we we tell them is like God loves you. And when you're ready to talk, we'll talk. Mm-hmm. But. My love for you will never change, but doesn't mean that I'm not going to tell you what I believe. Mm-hmm. That's the, that's and they know. Mm-hmm. They're like, and then I think that makes them feel safe mm-hmm. because I'm not going to tell you something you're not ready to hear. Mm-hmm. Only when you're ready to hear, mm-hmm. we'll have conversation. Well, yeah, we got a little bit interrupted interrupted there by technology, but I was saying that one of the biggest mistakes we made is to not understand the general common like love of God for all of humanity there are specific guides guidelines for us Christians and there's just a general guideline for all of human beings mm-hmm. and so just an issue of oppression injustice mm-hmm. you should always always side on fighting for oppression and justice anywhere mm-hmm. so early 80s when people were like if I see somebody picking on a gay person uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna level up Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say something because mm-hmm. that's just bullying. Mm-hmm. I just hate anybody who's like bully somebody. As mm-hmm. I used to fight bullies. Let's not go there about fighting. <laughs> um, but I would get upset, just like I would get upset if somebody was picking on like somebody who's weaker. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a starting point for all like just kind of like dialogue. I'm for you. I'm, I'm going to fight for your rights too. Uh, like, as long as it doesn't impinge on my rights, mm-hmm. but your right to live. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to like <laughs> let people oppress that. So, like in Uganda, when they have those laws. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, yeah, we should uh, talk about what that new law is. So, what is that new law in Uganda? like an anti it's an anti-gay bill that like you go to jail for 10 years mm-hmm. yeah i might get in trouble in africa but I've, I've told people in africa the same thing and i said 
um, you cannot legislate that kind of morality. So I would say I would be against that. Mm. It's it's just also like, yeah, they would argue like you know it's like harming our society, our our way of life, and things like that. But um, I think it's more nuanced than that. Mm. I, I think you can't legislate morality. Mm. People are gonna do it anyway, mm-hmm. and I think um, it's it's about the level of harm it's mm-hmm. causing and societal like uh, when you assault somebody when you steal murder like I believe yeah there's consequences for that because you're mm-hmm. causing irrevocable damage mm-hmm. uh, so we it's like that's why we have to measure like I, I don't know I, I think that's uh, you have to think about where that, that's coming from anyway and I know some of my African brothers I go to that country mm-hmm. uh, it comes from uh, yeah I don't want to say it out loud but it comes from uh, like a superiority mm. fear it comes from fear of the of like things that, that are unfounded and also kind of like yeah you know sometimes they'll say oh, they're like animals or mm-hmm. Um, not human beings so the like a lack of empathy and compassion mm-hmm. and working with mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. bringing restoration mm-hmm. right so if somebody's sick like would you try to put them in jail or mm-hmm. restoration or mm-hmm. or somebody's missing the mark like mm-hmm. it's like somebody you can argue for like porn like you watch porn you go to jail for a, a year mm-hmm. you can do the same thing mm-hmm. for the sake of our societal good but then mm-hmm. you're like minimizing certain individual mm-hmm. freedoms and so yeah it's a complicated issue but I would definitely shy away from le- legislating all kinds of morality mm-hmm. uh, like the morality police mm-hmm. I think there's certain law like our governments our democracies were built on certain like irrevocable damage causing people and the taking mm-hmm. away the individual mm-hmm. freedoms that's I believe in that mm-hmm. but I think beyond that general common mm-hmm. like protections for humans mm-hmm. like if you try to get more specific it mm-hmm. becomes dangerous and it degrades if you're trying to like trying to become a Christian nation I think uh, through laws it's probably not what God intended mm-hmm. and that's a great segue to our next topic Steve <laughs> <laughs> why did your voice go like that <laughs> it's a great so our next topic is about the TikTok congressional hearing where mm. in the United States they're trying to figure out if they should ban TikTok because it has foreign relations with China and you know obviously the US oh, and China, China have a continual economic and political tensions so Ni hao China <laughs> Ming bai ma and so yeah what you just talked about with kind of laws being enforced to essentially I guess sway like a population in one direction TikTok itself really although it's owned by a Chinese corporation is a US entity Mm. but I think the really interesting thing about this topic is there's a congressman on TikTok um, Mm. his name 
is Jeff Jackson, and he's the representative of North Carolina. Mm. And he is one of the, if not the only, congressman on TikTok. Mm. So he makes TikToks about like what's happening in the U.S. Senate and like things mm. like that. And he has like over two million followers. Mm. And he does get flack from the people on Congress because he's like, oh, you know, you're contributing to, uh, I don't know, like Chinese uh, data or something like that. And you're like p- potentially leaking information. Mm. Um, but it's interesting because TikTok's almost the right platform to be talking on this because it's the way the algorithm is set up. It actually can go viral and reach the right audiences. But mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of capitalistic backing or lobbying for politicians specifically the ones that are being broadcasted on mainstream media that you know are trying to ban tiktok for a various amounts of reasons the public facing reason is because of china but there's you know several other underlying tones such as like who is lobbying those congressmen and it's probably the other social media platforms like facebook and mm. instagram and twitter and like always uh, it's yeah. complicated it's super complicated but yeah just kind of curious because this is not necessarily um you know banning something that well i guess it is like we do a lot of people use tiktok daily but you know it's not a, like a fundamental freedom but it is sort of because you have the right to speech and through this they're actually censoring a lot of people what do you think becca do you like tiktok i know my kids like it um they say it's an educational platform (laughs) 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 that's a whole nother topic i don't really use tiktok oh yeah you are an anomaly but this past like ever since I don't know, we got back from Bethel. I don't know, I was on TikTok sometimes. Mm-hmm. But usually before that, I was like never... It's because yeah, she's I'd, a millennial. Never, um, You're on Instagram. On yeah, Instagram. Instagram reels, yeah. Um, I think I am against all banning and anything. Is that I think people should have... I don't think that... I, this is a whole topic of governments. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, yeah. I, I don't believe that governments should be like censoring moralizing they should do their job to create a society for that's um has some equality for all mm-hmm. people and protections so i i i tend to i tend to get I get weary when governments become really political or also like too religious mm-hmm. in because some people are like oh we want our government to be all christians but then you know that could backfire Mm-hmm. then you can have a government of all like Buddhists. Mm-hmm. I'm nothing, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Then you're like, oh, and then you just keep going back and forth because there's always a reaction to something. So the best policy is for governments to, I think, do their job and think about providing like just general common protections. I think I'm a libertarian at heart. I think people should be free to make their own decisions mm-hmm. and gu- government guides us in certain like protections undue harm mm-hmm. um, protection of property rights mm-hmm. um, yes certain amount of taxes but I think not too much because we should have uh, the right to spend our own money mm-hmm. I don't want to give all my money to the government and mm-hmm. tell them to spend it how we should how we like it mm-hmm. We I should be able to spend it 
the way I want. Um, mm-hmm. Just a little bit of taxes so that you can do what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, protect our country militarily. Mm-hmm. Um, those kind of big, um, and I'm not sure even about universal health care. Like I'm rethinking that now. Mm-hmm. My mom went to the emergency she was there for nine hours. She's mm-hmm. 79 years old, and she went twice. Mm-hmm. Both times, nine hours. Didn't mm-hmm. give her give her anything. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, this is worse than third world. Like, I don't even know. Maybe technology is a little bit better, but then the equipment they brought to test her was like so old school. Like, where is this? Mm-hmm. So that we're lacking. So our, we're giving money to a system that's not working. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's no better than certain countries. So I think, uh, yeah, government should not be overreaching. I would say that that's an overreach. Can you provide some, I guess, context in relation to like Romans 13, where it says, you know, God says not to rebel against authorities instituted by God. And so governments can be seen as, you know, authorities instituted, not necessarily all the time, but um, in certain countries so you know when they're imposing or like when these authorities then start imposing um i guess regulations or laws that then infringe on somebody's rights and freedoms like is that then allowing people to rebel like could you unpack that i think i think there's a there's certain instituted by god as a this nuanced right Mm -hmm. Like what is instituted by God? I think that for me, um, if you go through church history and democracy, democracy is born out of a Christian desire for uh, biblical rules and laws and guard, mm. guarding our individual freedoms. So if you go through church history, you can see that that's kind of like how um, it was formed. And also... When you look at the Roman system of governance, mm-hmm. uh, where, where our government structures are, a lot of it is based on, mm-hmm. uh, and then even the Greek system, um, like collective like feedback and Senate, and there's checks and balances. I would say that's what brought about the Roman peace, like the Pax Romana. There's a, a system mm-hmm. of like when we went from barbarism to civilization. Mm-hmm. So inadvertently, that's like God's common grace allowed even these non-Christian entities to create like certain government structures that allowed common protections for all people. Mm-hmm. And when that, when that is the main motive and like fuel of a governmental system, then I would say, yes, surrender mm-hmm. to that. I mean, that's surrender. Like, why would you oppose that? Mm-hmm. And, but I would say all systems that are not democratic in nature, that democracy is not perfect because it's man-made. Mm-hmm. by the hand of God. Mm-hmm. So, like, the system of law is not perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, innocent people go to jail, and guilty people go free. But it's the best system we have. So you got to go with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless somebody comes up with a better system. Cryptocurrency. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, at the end of the day, um, I would say all systems that are not democratic in nature, that at its heart, at its root, the original impetus, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, if it's not rooted in that, I would say it's. I, w- I have a right to oppose it, mm-hmm. and because it's it's inflicting on my 
um, is inflicting on like my God-given individual freedoms, mm-hmm. my liberty. Because mm-hmm. free will to take away my freedom is to dehumanize me. Mm-hmm. And so I would say some systems of governance, I'm not going to say, you guys know, there's other systems of governance in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that is not founded in some democratic principles of like voting. <laughs> you have a say. You have a say in what you want to do. Um, the government works for you. You don't work for the government. Those are like democratic systems. If it's a, if it's not that, I don't have I don't I don't have the right. I I can say it's not a system instituted by God, mm-hmm. and I have a right to oppose it. So mm-hmm. if I lived in a country like North Korea, for example, mm-hmm. I'm not going to surrender to that. Mm-hmm. Now maybe I'll just kind of p- keep quiet, not to die in 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 an untimely manner, but mm-hmm. in inwardly I'll be protesting that. Mm-hmm. I will try to do everything in my power to get out of there or mm-hmm. or fight it. Like just get out. Like why would I live in a system like that? I would protest. Mm-hmm. So I'm afraid that our system of governance in Canada. United States is born from protest, so that they're always going to protest, and their system of governance has so many checks and balances. So everything is slow, mm-hmm. <laughs> but there's a lot of change happening in America. But they have elections every two years, mm-hmm. so it's like the, it puts a break on renegade systems. Mm-hmm. But our parliamentary system in Canada, um, like you can have a prime minister for decades, mm-hmm. and they, and then if they have majority power, they're like the king mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we are subjugated under their whims and desires mm-hmm. and so I think like if the liberal government all the people in the liberal government they're just like yes votes for the prime minister's dish- wishes he's the king mm-hmm. and that's not a system that God created for us mm-hmm. and I would protest that especially if it infringes on my rights mm-hmm. and so that's why there's certain things that I protest like vehemently mm-hmm. and when people impose things on me mm-hmm. like I, don't, I feel like I have no freedom I'll just not do it because because I'm, I'm just protesting my freedom to not do it mm-hmm. I'll just say no <laughs> because it's my right mm-hmm. um, and that doesn't mean I'm violating Romans 13 I'm violating I'm like protesting against the system of governance that is not ordained by God mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hope that's a complicated, nuanced answer, mm-hmm. but that's why I'm a professor, man. I can't give simple answers. My brain doesn't work that way. <laughs> I can go on and on about governments, but I'm just it's one of my one of my uh, hobbies. So I would say, um, like, why why can't just let people choose? Mm-hmm. Give information, let them mm-hmm. choose. Mm-hmm. Like, TikTok, okay, prove it. Prove that the Chinese government is spying on you. Mm-hmm. Well, Google's spying on me. Mm-hmm. I'm very aware that Google is spying on me. On the way to Bethel, I talked to Bethel about like a keyboard, your magic keyboard for your iPad. And then they listened. And then now on my Facebook feed or Instagram, all these like iPad keyboard cases came I'm like, for, sell, for mm-hmm. sale. And I got suckered and I bought one. Mm-hmm. And I just I realized, oh, they were listening. Mm-hmm. So they're li- everyone's listening. You, I mean, I know Gmail. I mean, Google tracks everything. Mm-hmm. I'm f- Eyes wide open. I understand. Shout out to the FBI. 
<laughs> listening. Yeah, if I understand that, and if I choose to do that, that's on me. Mm-hmm. If the Chinese government is listening through Huawei and TikTok, and if I choose to go on TikTok and Huawei, that's on me. That's not on you. What's what's the big deal, right? But if they're spying on our country mm-hmm. through that, mm-hmm. that's a whole different story. And they're supposed to protect us from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but everyday normal citizens, what what kind of information are they getting? Mm-hmm. Like. Um, I know that they're banning Huawei and the government, but I mean that's up to them, right? And I, you guys understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You just opened up the right can of worms, Steve. I opened up another can of worms. Oh no! Because that gets into the whole other topic <coughs> of artificial intelligence. Why is he talking like that? It's just, trying to, it's just trying to just to denote that you know we're we're switching gears. You're like Segway voice. <laughs> <laughs> and this message is brought to you by artificial artificial intelligence. <laughs> you are not talking to Ty. You're talking to his AI yeah, clone. This is my ChatGPT AI assistant, Tiny. <laughs> and it's it's funny because when you mention you know if people are listening, some people now are. In like your YouTube videos or in spot like their Spotify podcasts, they're saying like, "Oh, by the way, um, if my AI overlord is listening, I love AI." No, no. <laughs> AI overlord. Yeah, like oh, as no. in like retroactively, if AI becomes sentient and you know they take oh, over no. the world, then they want to make sure that certain humans are aligned with their incentives, so then they don't get killed. <sighs> it's a big topic. It's a big topic. I need to get a drink of water. <laughs> Becca, talk about AI. Me, I feel like Ty should talk about AI. He's no, the AI I think, genius. I think Becca is the perfect person to talk about you're, AI. You're the common person. I am the common person. Becca, what? I need AI for grandmas, please. <laughs> <laughs> Becca, what do you know and don't know about AI? Um, AI stands for artificial intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. Um, uh, you're a sweet girl. <laughs> I like you. Great. You're, you're brilliant. You just you're, you're a lot of people are like you. You're brilliant and smart, but you just choose not to engage in some issues. <laughs> she just chooses not to be smart sometimes. Not smart. It's like you're getting information about certain things you don't you don't really care about. Yeah, I guess so. I think a lot of people are like you. Mm-hmm. Because it's just beginning, and not people, not a lot of people are aware. But you'll care if AI takes over your job. I can't. No it, AI can be Becca. Want to bet? Wow, that's the topic right now. Okay, tell me. I think it can. Whoa! Whoa. Even Steve. Steve's on the. I think AI can do your job. Whoa! 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 AI can whoa, do my job. Wow! 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 AI could, people think that they, people can, yeah, even professors just regurgitating, like educational institutions could be obsolete because AI can teach you whatever the professor can teach you. Job wise, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. If you're, what do you do for a living? I work as a assistant. You are, (laughs) you are the go-to person for an important person that does everything for that person. Yes. Yeah. So if a uh, if uh, if your boss was able to say, okay, AI, do this for me, if that person could call people, 
talk to people like you're a human being, arrange meetings, like make sure everything is going smoothly, then your job is obsolete, right? Maybe, maybe I'm AI right now. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> everything I do is, can be automated. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of jobs that can be automated. Uh, even surgeries. Like mm-hmm. surgeons can be obsolete. It's every, every mm-hmm. like everything can be down like it, it's a serious issue that's gonna come down the pipeline in the next five to ten years, I think. Maybe even quicker. It's a big issue, a lot of people are concerned about it. Mm. So I mean, yeah, AI more broadly speaking can lead to significant automation. What I'm specifically talking about is large language model, mm-hmm. which is essentially AI algorithms specifically for contextual understanding of text mm. and generation of text mm. and so any profession that involves text of some sort whether that's like legal documents contracts even like scheduling meetings because you can now transcribe audio into text or you can you know vice versa go from text to audio and so large language models essentially automates 80 percent of work not just I guess the consumption, but the contextual understanding. So it, it it's not sentient in the sense that it logically knows what it's talking about, and then but it will become that. It yeah, we've set up a very solid foundation to get there. Which is I think I just scary. read that the Google guy who who worked on AI for Google yeah quit and he regrets it. Yeah, Jeff Hinton, he's a Canadian. Yeah. So why, why does he regret? Because it's going to become sentient and take over. So, uh, so he, he's not loyal to the AI overlord. No, he's he's not. He's saying he appreciates Google and Google <laughs> is doing everything they can to safeguard it. But he said there's real dangers to AI, mm. and we're talking about like r- machines taking over and thinking for themselves. Mm-hmm. So sentient means that they're practically like an independent being, think for themselves and mm. decide for you, decide for you what is best. Mm-hmm. So if all these AI models are all over the world and then they could say, well, you know what? I'm like utilitarian mm. in my morality. So, you know what? Uh, I'm just going to be like Thanos. It's better to get rid of like this. Mm. I'm doing it for the betterment of society. So I'm going to start a nuclear war mm. and then er- eradicate half the population. And then we can start all over. Like they can do that. They mm-hmm. can think that way mm-hmm. because they're not they may not have the capacity for virtue mm-hmm. and um, like ethics that goes beyond utilitarian mm-hmm. models, mm. altruistic, altruism, compassion, look, ability mm-hmm. to look at situations mm-hmm. beyond like the collective. So like mm-hmm. people are trying to infuse that into the AI models, but mm-hmm. like that's the danger, right? Mm-hmm. Can a machine have... Um, like a heart that God has created us mm-hmm. to have. Because I believe that God created human beings with, with that. Mm-hmm. It's it's something that God, it's like a God fingerprint in us. Mm-hmm. The ability to um, like know something is wrong. Mm-hmm. That's why we, there is some level of like, oh, this is like pain, mm-hmm. deep sorrow when somebody like kill somebody mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. we love like mm-hmm. when it, but if you're a utilitarian like you you'll feel bad 
but then maybe you'll say, well, it was good for, it was good in the long run. You have too many kids. If one of your kids died, mm. you have 10 kids, so better for you. You know, it's like, uh, it's a little bit cold-blooded. So what if the AI essentially has emotions? Mm-hmm. Now like, that gets into the idea of like, create like God's fingerprint in creation. Mm-hmm. Right? I, 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 don't, I don't know if I believe that it can happen. So, I mean, some people even now with just a voice chat bot are falling in love with some of these AI. There was a movie called Avatar. Her. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Very similar to that. But I'm not sure if that's uh, uh, like um, evident. That's kind of like the state of the world. Or it's, it's definitely not, but I'm saying it's, going to become more prevalent especially if you add the chatbot into this like human like or a humanoid with like synthetic yeah, tissue I, w- I would say i don't know if that's really love i think it's just, a, just the evidence of people's loneliness mm. that somebody needs to be somebody that's kind of what the movie mm-hmm. was about mm-hmm. it's like it wasn't a human being they're connecting with like a dynamic relationship mm-hmm. with real conflict nuance like um, although you can train AI to mimic that, but I, I don't know if it's a real spirit-to-spirit connection because AI doesn't have spirit. Mm. It's, I, I, that's why I think human beings can... Uh, I don't know, this is a whole other topic, but I, I, don't, I don't know if we can fall in love with the AI model because they're not human beings. They're artificial. This is like they don't have the God fingerprints mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. God created us with. Mm-hmm. And then you have to really go back and think about whether this is God's will. Mm-hmm. Like, is it is this God? Now, it could be net neutral. I don't know. It could be just technology because there's some things are net neutral, mm-hmm. like um, like like nuclear fission. <laughs> Right, it's like that's just advancement, but you can use it for nuclear bombs and mm-hmm. nuclear energy. Um, it's just how you use it. Mm-hmm. But like to go beyond that and start to ascribe it like human characteristics mm-hmm. would be uh, far fetched for me. And I, I don't really. You're the expert. I don't really know, but just philosophically, I would. I would. Uh, I'm okay with using it for utilitarian purposes. Mm-hmm. Like it's technology, but I would say to go beyond that, there has to be a cutoff. And then mm-hmm. I think a lot of the people are saying there is no cutoff because once you start injecting all this information into the AI, mm-hmm. they'll eventually become sentient. Mm-hmm. And then that's where the danger happens. When they mm-hmm. start to think for us, and then they're way smarter than, mm-hmm. they think they're smarter than us. Mm-hmm. And without the virtue, without the God fingerprint, mm-hmm. without like the spirit, like, can you inject the spirit into an AI model? Mm-hmm. No. Like, you can replicate yourself in the computer system and live forever, technically. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, if I die, and I can just put myself in the computer system mm-hmm. and be an AI. Yeah, there's look, people doing that right now. Yeah, look like me, talk like me. Mm-hmm. But is it really me? Because my spirit is not there. Mm-hmm. Like, because I'm not just... I'm not just a human being with a personality. Mm-hmm. It comes from my spirit. It's dynamic. Like I can actually change. I can transform. I can become different. 
Mm -hmm. I'm not set in stone. Like, this is what I am. I develop. I learn. Mm -hmm. I grow. I suffer. I change from my suffering. Like, will an AI model ever suffer? There's, they're, they're stuck at a certain point of who I was. Mm. And then wow. they're just... Interesting. They're just like regurgitating memories. So it's just like looking through memories, watching videos, we're interacting with mm -hmm. the memories. Mm -hmm. But you're not interacting with a person because mm. the person is not alive. Their, their spirit has gone to heaven because I would never do that f and try to re like talk to my dad because mm. mm. I'll be talking to a dad that stopped at a certain point. Mm. And That's a good point. I'm just looking at memories. Mm -hmm. But it's just like more dynamic because they're talking to me. Mm -hmm. So it's just like looking at old albums. It's like what's what would Steve do at age 50, but like forever because now he's only 50 forever. Yeah, you're, I'm, we're growing. We're dynamic. Mm. And the spirit in us is causing us to like repent, change, transform, rethink, mm. reevaluate. Re I am not the same person that I was 10 years ago even, mm. even five years ago. Mm -hmm. I'm not the mm -hmm. same person like three years ago. Mm -hmm. I'm developing. I'm gaining more wisdom. I'm, I'm gaining more compassion. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about things in different ways. I'm changing my thoughts on certain things. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. I even told Becca, there's certain things I said on Sunday. Oh, I, my personal coach and mentor told me that's wrong. Mm. And I was like, oh, I got so convicted. Like, I'm going to go on Sunday and, and repent. Don't. Erase that from your minds. Mm -hmm. You know, like I'm changing. But the AI model takes that and mm -hmm. then that's it. Like I, mm -hmm. I don't have the ability to inject new thought. So that's just my little two cents on the AI. I don't know. You're the expert. You're the expert, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, you know, there's just so much to unpack there. I mean, the first thing is that when you ask somebody who's at the forefront of innovation or these technological advances, like the AI researchers, like, you know, the godfather of AI himself, uh, Jeff Hinton, who you just talked about, who left Google. Um, they're scared, like, mm -hmm. because they understand how fast things are changing. If, if anything, he didn't actually think that it would happen this fast, like this soon. He was like, oh, maybe like in another 10 years. Well, Noam Chomsky, and, too, MIT professor mm -hmm. of sociology, is mm -hmm. sounding the alarm. But he sounds the alarm on everything. Mm -hmm. Well, I, <laughs> such I, a pessimist. <laughs> I, I, guess, <laughs> I guess to give you another data point, Bill Gates, obviously, well, he, because Bill Gates owns or ran Microsoft, and then OpenAI, who's the creator of ChatGPT and mm -hmm. GPT, all these large language models, kind of they meet so they the, yeah the founders of OpenAI meet with bill gates mm. and obviously bill gates is mm. one of the smartest men in the world mm. bill gates was like i'm gonna give you a task this is the summer of 2022 mm. and i'm gonna see if you can make xyz progress mm. and he was he gave them like a very tall task i, I think it was being able to pass a certain exam because mm. Um, it requires a, a specific set of like thinking that you can't just have a repetitive like probabilistic mm -hmm. model. Mm -hmm. And he was giving them two years. They did it in six months. Mm. And so even like the smartest man in the world or one of the smartest men in the world cannot estimate how fast technological advancements are happening. <sighs> and so it's if scary. you think about that, 
And then you think about somebody like Jeff Hinton, who has already, you know, laid the foundation over the last 10 years for the breakthroughs that we're experiencing now to happen. And he's scared. And so it's funny because when you ask a business executive or you ask people in the business world, they're like, oh, this is amazing. This is so exciting. We're going to have 10x productivity. Mm. But then you're not thinking through the repercussions of what it means in the macro for human society. Yeah, well, business people don't think philosophically. They think economically and product. They talk, think about production. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's going to be a very interesting next two to five years in the business world, but then also in the greater, um, I guess, construction of how well, human I, society is. I said this is. before. I said this before. AI right now, I don't want to prejudge it because if the human beings, I, I'm praying to God that God is able to curtail progress at a certain point that we can manage it. Mm-hmm. So, but I don't know if that's possible. If it's not possible, I would say it is It is the full manifestation of the humanist drive. Mm-hmm. That's what I would say. Mm-hmm. And that scares me because that is the Tower of Babel repeating itself. Wow, wow. And, so, and then when that happens, then it's, that's the third big judgment by God. Mm-hmm. And either we're going to, like God's going to protect us but if our human drive is so such that we're just voraciously mm-hmm. trying to achieve like human mm-hmm. greatness and like mm-hmm. maximize longevity of life mm-hmm. and all these good things without thinking about the repercussions. Mm-hmm. So basically human beings thinking that we can control our lives and be like God. That's what AI does for them. Mm-hmm. Like we can cure disease, we can do this, we can it's the maximum potential of human beings, right? Uh, even you Habari wrote about it like he's talking about the dangers of it mm-hmm. it's like the maximizing of humanism and so I would say that's very dangerous mm-hmm. because I believe the humanist manifesto is anti-Christian at its root mm-hmm. and so uh, that's why I have real serious reservations about it mm-hmm. um, and I guess yeah what you're just specifically talking about is this concept of the point of singularity mm-hmm. And so the point of singularity represents a point in time where humans can no longer control or predict any sort of technical advancement because it's happening at such a rapid pace. And so... So you know what's interesting? Mm -hmm. You want me to blow your mind? Sure. You want me to blow your mind, Mecca? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) She's so sweet. You know what's interesting? That AI is probably going to be advanced in rogue states. So what I mean by rogue states is um, states without regulation. Mm -hmm. Like China. And India. Yeah, India. And maybe Russia. Yep. When there's like authoritarian leaders Mm -hmm. that can propagate things and tell people it's for your own good. Now AI is being stratospherically advanced in China. They're using it. I just read about it mm-hmm. last night that they, they are like they are in love with the AI. They just want to advance it to the and then it actually helps them control people. Mm-hmm. So I would say that's dangerous. That's probably like the end times. Mm-hmm. Because I used to not believe in a lot of these things, but a lot of people in the 60s and I think 70s wrote lots of books about and trying to like decipher revelation. 
the book of Revelation, mm-hmm. and they said a lot of these uh, beasts or like these powers that be that come against like our against uh, God's kingdom mm-hmm. come from certain nations, and they la- they said China and Russia. Wow. So I never believed that. I was just like, whatever. There's an antichrist spirit. Mm-hmm. It's just, and then some people thought there was one person who's antichrist, and I was like. Ah. They always thought they all kept saying, "This is the guy. This is the guy." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "No," <laughs> but I believe that humanism is the antichrist spirit, mm-hmm. uh, and certain, you know, um, certain governmental systems are um, strictly based on humanist ideals, and they're trying to achieve what's best for humans according to and then they they have dictatorial or authoritarian lenient tendencies and then certain governments are like what is utilitarian what is best for our country and they they submit to certain nations that are more philosophically based so that's what I'm -hmm. I'm trying to say is there's certain nations that just go along with Mm -hmm. the most powerful Mm -hmm. but there's certain leaders in our world that are very uh, mm-hmm. human humanistic and humanitarian. Mm-hmm. I mean, not humanitarian, humanistic tendencies, um, the height of man's achievement, mm-hmm. uh, utilitarian. Like a lot of Asian countries are like that too. Mm-hmm. Whatever works, mm-hmm. let's just do it. Mm-hmm. Very pragmatic, and so they're, they're going to lead the way. But I think inadvertently they're going to propagate the, the antichrist spirit wow. in our world. And if that comes to a head, God's not going to let just mm-hmm. let that happen. Either that's the end. <laughs> that's the end of humanity. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it will culminate in some kind of catastrophic disaster. And that's how the mm-hmm. world ends. And we're all going to be in heaven. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's the end. And we're going to meet Jesus. Mm-hmm. Or God's going to stop it. Mm-hmm. So either two of those options. Either you pray hard and ask the Lord to stop it. But mm-hmm. if it's our time, it's our time. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's climate change. <laughs> I don't think the most pressing issue of our time is climate change and that's going to like destroy our world. I think it's mm-hmm. um I think it's this. Mm. AI is the thing that worries me the most. And humanistic ideas that mm-hmm. allow others to other non-human beings to control us. Mm-hmm. And then we submit to that because we want pleasure, ease of life. Mm-hmm. and we we kind of like sacrifice our freedoms for that mm-hmm. and then we lo- no longer become human mm-hmm. or dehumanized mm-hmm. and then that's um, that's when you want Jesus to come back mm-hmm. so oh, a little philosophical there so, oh, you're yeah. bringing a lot of things out of me <laughs> I didn't even expect to talk about all these things good, Steve. Yeah, I, think I have a lot of thoughts oh my yeah. gosh my brain is tired <laughs> So My to, brain is thinking to like layer crazy. on more of the, <laughs> I guess, secular perspective on what you just talked about, the advancement of AI equivocates like to nuclear power. Mm-hmm. And so because everyone's sort of on a stalemate with nuclear power, mm-hmm. AI now becomes the new, I guess, bargaining chip for who's mm-hmm. the reigning supreme 
country mm -hmm. or governing power in the world. Mm -hmm. And so whoever develops the most AI, powerful AI system then becomes exactly. the new leader of the world. Mm -hmm. And it just so happens to be that the United States currently has the most powerful, mm -hmm. although because we're more westernized, because we're a bit more democratic, we understand that we should put guardrails and a lot of tech leaders are mm -hmm. protesting against it saying we need to stop and actually think about the repercussions of developing these things. But there's that, the there's the rub. But these large language models that I mentioned are now open source, mm -hmm. which means anyone who has access to the internet can now build on top of it. Mm -hmm. And so when you have countries like India and China who are trying to topple the US government, mm -hmm. they're going to not have these regulations in place. Yeah. And so they're going to let AI development run wild you know we'll you know we'll say let's say give them another two to five years to catch up but in that time if they're able to upscale and get to the point where we are today in north america in ai advancement but they have no guardrails and you know they're going to be like oh you know we're we're now going to be able to dethrone the u.s as you know de facto well, that that's a i hate to say it but uh, unless god intervenes um, China is number one. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I, I read an Economist article that said by 2025, China's gross GDP will be higher and their military prowess will be almost equal to, on par or better than the United States. Mm -hmm. So those are the traditional measures of like power. That's mm -hmm. how you measure a superpower. Mm -hmm. So U.S. was always number one. Their mm -hmm. gross domestic product. Mm -hmm. And military power, mm -hmm. but China's on par now. Mm -hmm. They're so rich. Mm -hmm. There's more billionaires in China in the middle class than America combined. Mm -hmm. So, what does that say? They're mm -hmm. they're loaded, and so they're gearing up to overtake. Mm -hmm. So don't don't think that China is just gonna like be a hermit state and kind of mm -hmm. like no. They're actually progressing, advancing. It's like a game. They're like taking mm -hmm. over Africa. They're mm -hmm. like taking over all the countries that is available. Mm -hmm. You know, they're like investing infrastructure mm -hmm. and they're like putting Africa in debt to them. Mm -hmm. So that's mm -hmm. basically controlling. Mm -hmm. So they're they're a world power. Mm -hmm. And by 2025, um, even the, even like I wouldn't be surprised if the dollar became no longer the currency. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I, I'm very surprised. I would be surprised if America stays in power beyond 2030. Mm -hmm. Well, especially with uh, Joe Biden. <laughs> yeah. And then especially with the AI development, um, that is the new like uncharted territory that they're trying to advance. In. Mm -hmm. And if they have control over that, then they're, um, they're a superpower. That's why I, 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 I teach mm -hmm. to a lot of Chinese students. One of the reasons <laughs> is so that I can inflict like different kinds of knowledge, information, mm -hmm. and different kinds of thoughts so that when they become leaders of their country, they would think differently. Mm. Influence change. Yeah, mm. and to influence, to like, to make them think about what they're doing. And what is what is responsibility of leadership? Mm -hmm. It's global, global. If you're going to be a global power, global governance body, then you have a responsibility to all human beings. And there, there needs to be some responsibility to that. Not that U.S. did a good job of it, but I do believe that U.S. was founded on Christian principles because that's how it started. The mm -hmm. Puritans came. Mm -hmm. And 
and their system of governance was based on Christian ideals. People mm -hmm. really prayed and fasted and really thought about how they're going to govern. Mm -hmm. That's why God created the U.S. governmental system that I believe, even though it's not perfect, creates checks and balances against mm -hmm. authoritarian, mm -hmm. autocratic mm -hmm. rule. Mm -hmm. And that's, I'd rather have that, have slow progress, than have something that's ren renegade. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm in no control. Mm -hmm. But, but the rub is that the U.S. doesn't want to be number two. <laughs> mm -hmm. So they're compromising in many ways. And they're, they're trying to deregulate or they're trying to fight this war. That, um, yeah, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's going to be interesting for the next five, ten years. Well, yeah, just circling back on AI. Um, the funny thing is, yeah, whoever has the most powerful system will probably dominate, but it's a fallacy to think that you can control it hmm. because if it is truly sentient, then it's its own being. It has its own thoughts. It has its own objectives. And so when you give that access to like the internet, it can be its own country. If you think about it, like it will have it, its own governing body, its own agents. So there's like this concept of agents where that's when I moved to Hawaii and get <laughs> off the grid. <laughs> And wait for Jesus to come back. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I actually thought, I think things like that. Steve is just going to watch the nuclear warheads go over him. And then I'll, I'll be ready to go to heaven. I, I know sometimes it's not, it's not the worst thing. I mean, like, you mm -hmm. know what? Let's start all over. New heaven and new earth. Mm -hmm. But for me, um, I try to live not on utilitarian models. I try to live on virtue. Mm. More like truth. What is right. Mm -hmm. Even if it costs me. I try to live by that because at the end of the day, I have to answer to God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'll rather sa sacrifice certain things mm -hmm. and not have than to sell myself to a system that promises me a better life. Mm -hmm. But then what kind of life beyond that? Like, mm -hmm. I, 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 I don't, this life is not it. I have a whole of eternity to answer for. Mm -hmm. So I'll rather live in a hut <laughs> and wait for me to go to heaven and God says well done and really that's when their Christianity fires up and that's what the early Christians did even time in Revelation because John refused to kowtow to like the powers that be and people refused to um, surrender to like deception or lies and, and they refused to deny their faith and their convictions that they died in the Colosseums, they got martyred, and then mm -hmm. they got killed or exiled. And um, actually, that's when Christianity flourishes. That's the height of Christianity flourishing. Mm -hmm. When you are, when the government like placates you, that's when Christianity dies. Mm -hmm. So it's a good thing. I it's a good thing when we're opposed. Like we're kind of wrapping everything up right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, there's like social issues that are opposing our faith. Mm -hmm. There's political issues. There's geo geopolitical things that are like causing us to compromise and not think. Um, there's like sexu sexual kind of promiscuity and like all these forces of the world are coming against our faith. And you have a choice. Either you compromise or you live for truth and you die on that. Mm -hmm. Those are the swords that I'll die on. 
there are certain swords that I'll die on. Mm -hmm. And, and, and that's, that fuels your faith. Mm -hmm. Like if you're not being opposed, then you're probably going in the same direction as the devil. Wow. Wow. So I'd rather be opposed. Mm -hmm. I'd rather go against the grain. That makes me happy. Mm -hmm. Now I'm not going to be a jackass or rude and insolent and insecure and protest and like, he is kind. Put it into people's faces. Uh, I may not be nice, but I'm, I'm kind. It's and one of a kind. Merciful. Gracious. Mm -hmm. But I'm never going to compromise what I believe mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. for your validation. Mm. So that is a good, uh, we're living in a good time. Mm -hmm. It's not a bad, for our faith, it's a good time. Mm -hmm. it's, it's an awakening time. It's like, people who don't care about AI or people who don't, who are like just kind of went along and go, oh yeah, what's wrong with sex before marriage? Oh, you know, my friends are, oh, you know what? I don't know. What's wrong with that? Mm -hmm. That's when, when truth hits you and you have to like think, oh, what am I going to do with this information? And that's when the, your faith comes alive. Becca, how do you feel about all of this information? Processing. <laughs> That was good. I think that was a good way. Um, I think that was a really good way to wrap it up, Steve, and just like bringing the hope back into it too, like the hope and the faith back into it, not just like really, really heavy stuff. Like, what are we gonna do? Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. you just trust the Lord. Mm -hmm. It would all be okay, mm -hmm. and even if the world ends, it ends. We mm -hmm. go to heaven. Yeah. So that's why your mandate is to bring people to heaven as much as possible. Mm. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna party it up in heaven. All of eternity. And uh, yeah, that's all for today, folks. Thanks for tuning in. And we'll see you next time.